This is a Fubar Radio podcast. If you need any more information, head to fubarradio.com. Callum McSwiggan on Fubar Radio. Hello and welcome back to the Callum McSwiggan Show. Today I am joined by the absolutely incredible body positive activist and th- probably one of, if not the most inspirational people we've had on this show. Aww. It is the incredible <laughs> Michelle Elman. How are you doing? Hello, hello. Nice to meet you properly. I know it's been. I, I, so I, I, I've listened and I've watched your TED Talk, and oh, wow. it is <laughs> without a doubt one of the most inspirational most uplifting things that oh, I've ever ever so watched much. so it's it's an absolute pleasure to, to have you honest, here in the I studio watch it and I'm a bit like how did I do that because I genuinely like on my bad days this is gonna sound really arrogant but I actually watch it because I'm like how did I do that and like if I'm in a bad moment I'm like I can get back to that like I'll get back like to that, that was a point. thing that yeah. you did <laughs> but you were so I mean so eloquent so articulate and I mean your story, which which we're going to get into, yeah. is 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 amazing, and you delivered it. And I feel like you inspired that room full of people, and you certainly inspired me. I've heard a lot of people talk about body positivity, but the way you spoke about it was so intimate and yeah. so personal. And I don't know, it, it literally, I, f- I felt like crying. It gave me goosebumps. It was it was it was next level. Oh, so thank you so much. Do you want to talk a little bit about your journey? Because you've been yeah. on a on a roller coaster since a very very young age. I mean, since you were born, really. Yeah, pretty much. Like it was shortly after the age of one. So I've had fifteen surgeries over the course of my life. Uh, the first one was before before after the age of one I can't remember back then but memory um, doesn't stretch that far back no not quite thankfully as well because I'm not sure I would have rem- wanted to remember that stuff um but over the course of my life I've had uh, 15 surgeries a brain tumor a punctured intestine an obstructed bowel a cyst in my brain and I currently live with and have always lived with a condition called hydrocephalus although after they removed the brain tumor it's kind of debatable whether I still have that sure but when they tested it, I died. So they were like, let's not test that again. Well, let's, let, let's talk about you dying because that's, that's, <laughs> that's quite a big thing to just skim over with well, a big smile on your face as well. <laughs> that's the word. It's like I laugh about it. It's so normal. And when I say that list, so many people have said to me now, oh, you read it like a grocery list? Like, oh, yeah, this is just what I'm going to pick <laughs> yeah. up at the supermarket. But because it's kind of, I run a campaign called Scar Not Scared and it's yeah. kind of my job to talk about it every day. It is so normal for me to tell like a story that used to be the most intimate and the most secretive thing in my life. Like I spent 19 years of my life never talking about it and never wanting to talk about mm-hmm. it. I hid my scars because obviously that promotes, uh, provokes a conversation and I didn't want to have that conversation. Um, but yeah, so when I was 11, they discovered my brain tumor and I was actually born with my brain tumor. Um, but when I was 11, they basically had made a mistake and my whole body got infected. So they were trying to find a new place to uh, put this tube that drains from my brain to the rest of my body. Mm-hmm. And when they did that, they discovered that I had this brain tumor. So when they removed my brain tumor, they were like, well, do, does she still have this condition called hydrocephalus? And because of this tube was outside of my body, they clamped it. Um, and that's when my heart stopped. Stopped. <laughs> stopped and... I, I mean, it's so cliche. I floated above my body. I saw a white light. Is that really what happened? Is that really what you experienced? It's really what, what happened. And also, I actually remember seeing everything in the room and they told me my eyes were shut the entire time. That's so crazy. And, but the weirdest thing is you have the calmest feeling. And I've to- I didn't tell anyone for a really long time because it makes mm. you sound a little bit kooky. But then 
one of my friends, her grandma had just died, and I was like, I feel like I should just tell her that it is the most calm feeling in the yeah. world, and that you don't die feeling scared. And like up to that point, I was feeling in pain, scared, yeah. everything, and just like that moment, it felt like really calm and just like at peace, which is so cliche, Absolutely. but it's actually what happened. And then. Um, I got slapped, <laughs> like hand on face slapped, yeah. and I went back into the room. Because... And you're like, bloody hell, I was enjoying myself. What, <laughs> exactly. are, you, what are you doing? But also, I was like, could you not have got the like defibrillator, whatever yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, really, a slap? And I was like, well, it just adds to the story. Gosh, and that's, and that, and that's what brought you back, the <laughs> yeah, slap itself. Yeah, it jolted itself. my heart. Basically, the defibrillators were taking too long. So the doctor was happened to be doing rounds at the time, was just like, Hit this her. will do it. <laughs> Gosh. Big old slap, yeah. I mean, I, I hope you don't take offence to me saying this, no. but that, like, what an incredible experience to have. You know, obviously, yeah. like, going through that is obviously a, a big traumatic experience, but, but to have had that feeling of calm and to have that wonderful experience that you can share with people and tell to, say to people in a, in a time when they may be losing a family member or p- perhaps facing passing away themselves, what yeah. a lovely way to express, look, it was calm, it was... And I also think it's about perspective. Like, as much as it was, like, shit going through that as a child, I also got that perspective at 11, which means I had the... And I lived through it, which means I have the opportunity to enjoy my life and know what is the big stuff in uh, the world and what is the small things that we need to not worry about. And I think a lot of people realise that when they're 90 years old and then it's too late. Or, like, you go through that serious stuff when you're much older. And I'm like, if that's the one gift that came out of it then I kind of feel like I actually have more time on this earth just because I'm using it better. Absolutely. And that's ultimately why body positivity, I'm a bit like, do you realise you have a body? Like, at certain times, like, I get a bit, I call it tough love on my page, where I'm yeah. a, bit, a bit like, you have a body. I don't care whether it's disabled, I don't care whether it's fat, like, you have a body, use it. Um, and, like, just live your life, because ultimately we don't get another one. You can't just trade it in for another. And you can spend your whole life perfecting your body. You can spend your whole life wanting another one. It's not going to change things. And at the end of your life, you're, that's not what you're going to be thinking about. Absolutely. And I think that, I, and I'm going to paraphrase and probably ruin your beautiful words, but what, <laughs> one of the things you were talking about in your TED Talk was you said something along the lines of you used to beat yourself up about having bingo wings and, yeah. like, larger thighs and things like that. And then you went through this experience and you had that kind of realization of no wow i i I," yeah because you couldn't there was a time when you couldn't move your body that's right so when i was 19 um i had an obstructed bowel and so i hadn't been in hospital for eight years and i kind of had this naive idea that i was like i've been healthy for eight years like it's gonna last i'm never gonna go into hospital again it's my first year of university and i was like being a traditional fresher like getting drunk every night and i was like i am so like fine I'm gonna be okay um and so when I went into hospital when I was 19 it was a major shock and Mm. then I was bedridden like my mum had to shower me things like that where I'm a bit like you get all your control taken away from you and it's kind of just a massive shock to the system is probably the best way to put it and I was just lying there being like the number of times in the first year of uni I used just just used to be like oh I can't be bothered or Mm. like oh it's too cold outside it's raining or whatever it was and I was like, what I would give to, because I had those surgeries in Hong Kong, what I would give to be back in England with my friends yeah. was more than anything in the world. And I don't care if it was a 20 minute walk. I don't care if it was an hour long walk. Like to even just be able to go to the toilet by myself would have been a privilege at that point. Yeah. Um, and so, again, it was just another like reality check and being like, what have I been wasting my time thinking about? And what have I been worrying about it? And in the context of everything, 
does it matter? Like, no, not at all. Yeah, I, 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 and I think that is really what struck a, a real chord with me when I was when I was watching your TED talk. It really gave me an appreciation for every little thing that I have. And, and I mean, it's 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 not the same and it's not comparable. But I know when I've been ill before and I've yeah. had that feeling of, gosh, like we take our healthy days yeah. for granted so much. And that was and, and I mean, even it's it's amazing that we have you here today because we both have a mutual friend, Hannah Witten, who is an yeah. amazing influencer. She's amazing body positivity herself. And um, in January, she had to go through surgery as well. Yeah. Um, she's living with a stoma. And today she's had to go Gone back into back hospital. Into hospital to, ha- to have I the had. same is it the same yeah, surgery so the one that got me back into hospital when i was 19 was the surgery that uh, hannah had in january and yeah. the one that she's gone back into gosh um today was it today or it's today yeah, yeah this morning yeah so um yeah so uh, it's it's a reality check and i saw that this morning and i was just a bit like oh and but she's done so much in between hospital stays and i know that's not like a way to live your life but that's what i think about because i had two back-to-back bowel obstructions as well yeah. in the space of two weeks so i had just left hospital and then i went straight back as well so i was like oh, i feel for her more than like i can actually say and i'm like yeah. i remember how deflated i because I, I was planning things as well i was like i've just got out of hospital i'm going back i've yeah. booked my flight oh wait no i'm going back into hospital like yeah yeah it's it, it's a lot but i think both of you uh, have kind of reminded me not like your experiences to to, to really take not just sorry to not take anything for granted and to really appreciate every single every single day and i think that was one particular thing that you said in your ted talk that really stuck with me and that was about that you used to think that your body was fighting against you yeah and now you realize that actually everything your body is doing is it's actually fighting for you yeah, and i think like that's a very team. important distinction to make and also like if you think about it even when you absolutely like you have those days where you absolutely hate your body you're still breathing like mm, your yeah. body does so much while you're sleeping your body does so much that you don't even think about and even when you hate your body or like your body's still fixing itself i mean my campaign scar not scared literally a scar is the body's ability to heal yeah, yeah like yeah. that's so powerful and the fact that i actually am living is a miracle because 20 years ago i wouldn't have been and probably 10 years ago i wouldn't have been either like to have gone through the how much my body has actually gone through yeah. and that's kind of what I say in the TED talk where I'm like I survived 15 surgeries yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, phenomenal. it's also the fact that like I've had nearly every organ operated on and yet I'm fully functioning like it's it's remarkable it, it really really is uh, let's talk a little bit about scarred not scared your campaign yeah. um there was an, a very alarming statistic that you brought to my attention I think it was 97 percent of women um, hate, have a I hate my body moment. Have a every I day. hate my body moment every single day. That that's terrifying. So, so let's talk about that and let's talk a little bit about like what you've been doing. I know you had a viral moment and yeah. things. Let, let's talk about everything you, that you've been working on. So I, I mean, it it was the I started. I got trained as a life coach. Um, I had a psychology degree. Got trained as a life coach and. Um, Everyone kept say, telling me, like, oh, you should specialise. And I was like, well, the only thing I really care about is confidence. But every time I have a confidence client, all they talk about is their body. Mm-hmm. So why not just talk about that? It's not as if I don't understand the problem. I've had yeah. the same issue with scars all over my stomach. Um, and so I started focusing in on that. And then one day, really casually, in a um, session, one of my clients, I just happened to mention scars. And I was like, oh, I have these scars on my stomach, so I get where you're coming from. She was like, why is this not your website? I was like, well, mm. my website's not about me. It's about 
other people and my clients. And she was like, no, but it really helps to know that you've gone through something similar and that you understand it. Um, so I was like, okay, maybe I'll do it as a separate thing. So I was like, oh, I'll just do a like social media campaign. And at the time, um, I just, just discovered body positivity and I was like, literally no one is talking about scars and no yeah. one's talking about illness. Um, and I had basically gone on holiday and my friend was like, how are you a body confidence coach when you've never worn bikinis? And I was like, mm. oh, well, people with scars can't wear bikinis. And literally the next day, we're by the pool. So we're in Australia, so we're like in swimsuits every day. Yeah. And she's like, she comes running back and she's like, there's a girl over there with a scar. And it was like the tiniest oh. appendicitis scar. Yeah. But I was like, wait, if she can do it, then I you can, can do it. So that summer I decided to wear a bikini for the first time. And that's the picture I decided to use to launch it on my website. And that's kind of, that's when I went viral and also what started all of this, what what grew it, but it was always going to kind of exist. But it was the idea that I just, I was watching body positivity grow and I was like, this can't actually exist without the conversation of people who have bodies that literally fight themselves. Yeah. And like the amount that affects a person. And when you actually think your body is like out to get you and out to ruin your life, which is what I thought when I was like seven years old. Yeah. Because this really geeky. But um, I missed out on a, I remember I missed out on, on a maths competition when I was a seven. A maths competition. I know. But of it was all like things. nationwide and I was going to win it. Yeah. Um, and I had to stay home that day. And I remember that day being the day being like, my body literally just wants to ruin all my accomplishments, wants to ruin all my happiness yeah. and everything. And I was like, how can we have this conversation about bodies and loving ourselves and um, representation, all these things, diversity? You can't talk about this stuff if you ignore the people who are ill and the people who go through hospital. Um, and because there, there was this narrative at the time, which was like, as long as you're healthy. And I was like back in the corner being like, you don't get a choice. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Health isn't this thing. That, well, I keep saying now health isn't a health isn't a choice. It's a privilege. Yeah. Um, and I think the people who don't realize that the most are the people who've never had to actually experience that. Yeah, of course, the healthy people are going to be walking yeah. around going, it's easy to be healthy. It's just a green smoothie. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. You can fix everything with that. <laughs> I mean, I get it on my page nearly every day. I mentioned a migraine the other day and they were like, well, you should cut out processed foods. Oh, for God's sake. Like, oh, there's always somebody with an answer, isn't there? But also I was like, you do realize all foods are processed. Like, <laughs> what? Or like the best one is um, about chemicals. It's like, oh, you shouldn't eat foods with chemicals. Everything is a chemical. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Do <you know laughs> it doesn't what make any about? sense. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so put, putting yourself out there, when you did take the bikini pictures, yeah. how did that feel? Because I think from, uh, you know, people seeing that online and people sharing that, it must have seemed like an incredible moment and such an empowering moment. But did part of you feel frightened of doing that? You know, you had gone your whole life covering yourself up. And for the first time, you were putting yourself out there and saying, no, this is what I look like. And I'm proud of that. Yeah. But was part of you afraid to do that? The really strange thing was by the time I got to that point, I'd probably I would have said I was body confident for at least two years. Like I yeah. had no issues with my body. The reason why I didn't wear bikinis was because of other people. I thought I was making other people uncomfortable by showing my scars. Sure. Um, and so when I put that bikini on, I was I was kind of like it wasn't really about me feeling insecure or people staring or any of that. It was more about the fact that I didn't want other people to. I don't know, I had just this thing where I was like, I don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable. The weirdest thing happened, though, is because I put this bikini on and my friends were there. Um, and one of them pointed at this tattoo that's on my wrist and yep. was like, what's that tattoo from? And I was like, oh, it was like last year when I went to Japan and we went to a nude spa. And it was like this oh. best day. And she was like, wait, 
so you're willing to get nude, but you're not willing to wear a bikini. bikini yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, it's just this weird association with two pieces of material. When literally last year I was absolutely fine naked, mm. but it was just because I just had a bad memory from when I was 10 years old when I wore a bikini. So when, when I showed my scars for the first time is when I wore a bikini. Yeah. And because I was 10 years old, all my friends had no clue I'd had surgeries, had no clue about my scars. And 10 year olds being 10 year olds, it was like shock, pity, horror kind of expressions. Yeah. And you can't always label them at that age, but you know it's not a very nice feeling. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of where this bikini thing had come from. And so I started telling my friend about this and she was like, yeah, but you're not 10 years old anymore. Like, yeah. can you imagine seeing a 10 year old with your scars all over your body? You would pity that like individual and not in a bad way, but in a way that like, oh, my God, I can't believe a 10 year old's been through so much. Yeah. And it was just this weird like shift in my mindset where I was like, I've never put what I'd been through in the context of my age where I was like, oh, actually, as a 20, like it's still not great as a 24 year old to have been through what I've been through, but I can understand why people looked at me that way at 10 years old now. It wasn't actually because I was ugly or because like they, I don't know, hated my appearance, but it was actually because they were like, oh my God, like it was more the shock, which yeah. I think I can understand a bit more at this age. So your perspective on that has really started to change, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, um, I mean, this is all very fascinating and I want to learn some more. Um, but let's have a bit of music and then we're going to come back and we're going to play some games as well. We're cool. going to play some Two Truths, One Lie. Sounds fun. Very excited to, <laughs> to find out more about you that way. So let's have a bit of If You're Over Me by Years and Years. Absolutely obsessed with that song. I've just been telling Michelle that I've had that on repeat for the past couple of weeks, just endlessly. And driving his house over crazy. and over again, <laughs> driving driving my housemate mad. Um, let's let's play a little bit of Two Truths, One Lie. Um, so for our lovely listeners in this game, Michelle has got three facts about herself. Um, two of these are true, and one of them is completely fabricated. Is that right? Yes, and I've made them all about love, sex, relationships, and perfect because that's <laughs> that is what we love on this show. Um, and on the topic of sex and relationships, Michelle and I later on in the show will be reacting to your sex confessions. So if you want to send those in, you can do that completely anonymously by emailing Callum at foobarradio.com, and that's Callum with one L. That's how you spell my name. Shall we jump into the game, Michelle? Yes. All right. Give me your first truth or lie okay so my first truth or lie is that a guy once offered to buy me a rolex and an ipad on the first date wow yeah i mean i need to know who this guy is because i need to go on a date with this you person don't. <laughs> <laughs> honestly it was like you think it would be nice it's actually a bit weird the um the ipad was because he asked me what i had used to facetime him earlier and i was like my phone why and he was like oh, do you not have an iPad? I was like, I do, I just don't really use it. He was yeah. like, I can get you a new iPad if you want. And I was a bit like, what? It, Are you joking? It, <laughs> it throws a kind of weird power balance into play. Yeah. And I think, I, I completely get what you mean. Like, I think I would feel almost a little bit uncomfortable yeah. with that. And suddenly, oh, I feel like I can no longer date you normally. I yeah. feel like you're now my sugar daddy or but something. But also I'm like, what are you compensating for? Like, yes. <laughs> there is something not right here if you have to, like, if on the first date as well, it's not like it was my birthday or something. Yeah. So how did that make you, did you, you turned it down, presumably? Like, how did that play out? And really... So the Ro Rolex came up because he was like, um, do you like my watch? And I was like, oh, I just... Sorry, men and their egos with watches. I'm yeah. just like, I'm not having it. Like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but, um, and I was like, yeah, I was a bit like, uh, yeah, nice, I guess. 
being a bit rude. And then he was like, would you like one? And I was like, it, it was the same, same thing with the iPad. Would you like yeah. one? And I'm like, are you joking? And he was like, no, I can get you one if you want. So he's really trying to like splash his cash and show how rich he is. Exactly. Or I don't Yeah, just to me, it just struck me as like overcompensating. And I kind of just mm. wanted to move the conversation on because I was a bit like, it's such a weird thing to say. It is strange. And I don't know how to react. I definitely didn't want, because I always feel like if you accept, like, I didn't, I didn't want a Rolex anyway, and I yeah, didn't yeah. want an iPad yeah, yeah. anyway. There's a reason why I don't have a like. Yeah, a, I can get these things for myself. Well, <laughs> maybe not a Rolex. <laughs> well, yeah, it's <laughs> like, a little bit pricey. iPad I could get myself if yeah. I wanted. Um, but, like, I was just a bit like, this is so strange. And I just feel like it was also that thing of, like, if I give it to you, then you owe me something. Or at least that's the impression I got. Which, yeah, which is, which is not a pleasant feeling like the amount of particularly women i've heard talk about feeling like they owe men sex in particular when they go on a date because the guy pays for the dinner or the guy takes them somewhere fancy or to the theater and then they feel like they have to then have sex with them because they've given that and that is like so like not it doesn't matter if somebody takes you out to the most expensive place in the world buys you a 10 course meal takes you to the theater buys you a fucking car yeah you still don't owe them anything i mean even on the smaller scale like when people think like if someone's bought you a drink you have to kiss them like in a club or at least that's what used to happen in yeah yeah, yeah. it's just like no like <laughs> and, and, and i said I, yes to a drink that's all i've said yes to and i and i've actually been in that situation a lot of times it tends really? to happen with older gay men typically when they come up and they start chatting and they offer to buy a drink and I'll often say no I don't want the drink because I don't want to feel like I owe them something but then there have been situations where I've accepted the drink and then they've leaned in for a kiss and they've honestly uh, there have been times when I have kissed them and things like that when I've not wanted to because you feel like you have to and you almost feel like you're suddenly being a monster if you don't which you're not not, you don't owe anyone anything and when I was younger there was also like a gossipy culture in uni I don't know whether it's like the same in yours and it was kind of this thing of like I didn't want to reject it because in case of what he went around saying about me and like it was also attached to like being materialistic, all that stuff. I'm like, no, I've just accepted a quid drink. Like, yeah, I'll yeah, give you totally. The quid back if yeah, you, really you can have want the quid. Yeah. <laughs> I always try and buy buy the person a drink back, yeah. just to try and settle the score. But you shouldn't even need to do that. Exactly, and I'm like, if you want to offer the drink, that's on you. Yeah. Like, I don't have to. We're not in, entering yeah. a contract. No, you're buying and there me a drink. No, like, Thank you very much. Attached to that. Absolutely, no strings attached. I, yeah, one hundred percent. So, did you like this guy? Despite the offers of the the Rolex and the iPad? In hindsight, I think I was just bored. But at the time, I was like... You know what it is? I have this thing where he had a a mutual friend. Mm. And when I know someone has a mutual friend, I'm suddenly like, I trust you with everything and you're the best person in the world. Don't know why. I do that too. No, I'm with you. what is it? I'm like... Because I dated three mutual friends last year and I was like, I need to stop dating mutual friends because (laughs) I instantly trust them and it's the worst thing. Yeah. I think because, you know, you you, you value your friends and you think your friends have good opinions of people, but sometimes our friends are have stupid opinions of also, people also like how many of your <laughs> friends would you be like i would not recommend you date them like because a lot of like especially yeah. my guy friends i'd be like no you cannot date them <laughs> like yes great friend don't date don't them. date them yeah absolutely like half my friends i'm like no absolutely stay very far away from them as much as i love them don't date them yeah. bad, bad idea <laughs> bad idea um okay I'm, I'm i'm leaning towards true with okay. this one um i'm not committing to that yet um do you want to hit me with your next one yeah i met my ex scuba diving 
You met your ex while scuba diving. Well, I didn't actually scuba dive because I got too scared. So I kind of like... But you were at like the scuba diving place. Well, we had the like gear on. Yeah. And I kind of freaked out and then clung on to the nearest thing because I freaked out so much. (laughs) And the nearest thing was him. Yeah. Oh, that's convenient. But we never actually went under the water. So technically we didn't scuba dive, Uh, but we were meant to be scuba diving. But he got back on the boat with me and helped like calm me and reassure me that's so nice so you had just met this guy yeah and you, he you, had apart he, from like i was a freaking like out <laughs> shrieking girl next to him yeah so you're a complete stranger and you're freaking out because you're you're terrified and you're afraid to actually go ahead and do the scuba diving he's yeah. paid his money to go scuba diving yeah and instead of going <laughs> don't make me feel any more right. guilty <laughs> no 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 yeah. i'm not making you feel good i just i think it's actually amazing it's like chivalry is not dead the yeah. fact that he was like you know what he I'm going to stay in here. Like, um, in a, like a, I mean, I call it a life or death situation, but it probably wasn't. But like, he <laughs> in was your good. head it was. Yeah. In your head it was. it was. I really panicked. What, what, what a legend. I hope this is true. I really hope this is true. <laughs> because he sounds like a lovely, lovely guy. And that, and that blossomed into a wonderful relationship. Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning. I mean, yeah. you know, all relationships. It lasted for eight months, yeah. <laughs> the fact that he's your ex suggests that it wasn't completely perfect. No, not completely. <laughs> not completely is, is what we'll say. Um, oh, again, I want, I really want this to be true. Yeah. Um, I feel like both of these things are like really unusual things to make up. So <laughs> I think you're quite a good... Or I'm just a good liar. Or you're a good liar. Um, mm, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> hit, hit me with your third one. Okay, so the third one, when I was coming up with this, okay, my friend suggested, but <laughs> um, I've uh, slammed a door into... So I brought two guys home on two separate occasions. Okay. And on both those occasions, in a row, I've slammed the door into their dick. Oh! <gasps> Right, like one was a one was a gate door and one was my bedroom door. <laughs> right, okay. You're gonna, On two occasions, you're gonna have to walk me through this because what I'm failing to understand. To be honest, I don't understand it, especially with the second one. I don't understand how it happened because I was holding the door open for him, so it wasn't like <laughs> I was walking into him. It was like I was holding the door open for him to come through the door with me. And somehow the door closed before. But I was like, it's not moving the right way to. So you're telling me. All I know is he was on the floor when I turned back around. So So you're telling me both the door and the gate, you managed to slam it shut on the different gentleman's penises. No, so the first one, I slammed it shut. And his dick. Why was his dick out? No, it was just behind it. Just kind of like oh yeah, like, yeah it wasn't it wasn't like out like we weren't mid right sex. I thought you were saying it like, was like, that, like no. it was like slammed shut you know when like you like get your finger in yeah. a car door no, no you just no. kind of whacked the like, door against wha- it both of them whacked and they fell to the floor that makes a lot more sense yeah. um, that's more realistic <laughs> and and it was different guys two different guys yeah these poor gentlemen I hope they didn't speak to their friends because nobody would be coming back with you ever again if that's the reputation I mean I'm saying it on the radio right now (laughs) so I really hope they're listening but it was an accident and it was a long time ago both were accidents one was third year of uni second year of uni and one was last year Oh, okay. It's far enough away for it to not happen again. Let's let's not make yeah, this a I hat mean, trick. Yeah, I the second one, I was like, I don't, I don't understand how it happened. But yeah, he wasn't very happy. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't be very happy either. I'm um, very clumsy though. I'm That's very clumsy excuse. too. I yeah, I, I've had some. Or I've I've need a lot of guys in the face during sex. That that's something I'm at quite good at. At least that's during sex. I feel that that's more acceptable than literally just walking next to each other and somehow <laughs> managing to like like a lot of things can go wrong during sex. But 
just walking. On the, on the way to sex, yeah. you, you would hope for less incidents. Not really a play. Like, <laughs> not really getting you in the mood. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel, oh, I feel you're a very good liar because I feel like all of these are true. Um, I'm actually going to say, and oh, I feel like I'm wrong already. I'm actually going to say that the first one is the lie. And the only reason I'm saying that is because you gave me a lot of detail. And people okay. say that when you're telling lies, you, you, give, a lot you, of give, a, you give too much detail. Have I told you that I'm actually like a professional like lie detector like I'm actually trained in that you are not yeah well as in like we so should be playing this game the other way around what are we doing <laughs> so um you know what like they, what's his name Darren Brown yeah, you're Darren Brown no but I'm kind of <laughs> trained in the same techniques as him <gasps> as part of life coaching oh my god so, <laughs> so wait can I can, can I tell you something and you can tell me whether I've not done it in a year like oh but do you want me to put your skills to the test no, on now no really. no you don't you don't want to be proven wrong but I can practice at some point. Okay. <laughs> and then we all play that game. Well, the fact that you have that skill set makes me think that you are particularly good at lying. But I don't know why. Something tells me that first one, the, the one about a guy offering to buy you a Rolex and an iPad on the first date, something yeah. tells me that is the lie. Maybe there's truth in it. Maybe it was the second date. Maybe he offered to buy you something else. I don't know. Yeah. But something tells me that that is the lie. And that is my final answer. The second one was the lie. No! I met my ex on Tinder. <laughs> oh, so what was the scuba diving? You just Literally that. just... What ha- no, that came from the fact that what a truth is, is that I once went paddle boarding on a first date. Okay. And my boob fell out. So I would nearly use that one. And I was that, like... That's not the same story, yeah, is it? Yeah, but then I was like, oh, well, this is how you lie well. You just change it, but like change details. I so. mean, the only thing that is the same about those two stories is the fact that there water was water. Sports, yeah. Water sports was happening. <laughs> um, I'm very impressed by your lying. Well, well, well done. Um, but I'm really, really disappointed that you didn't actually meet your ex that way. Because what a wonderful story. I know. If anyone asks in future, just tell them that story. Literally every one of my ex has been da- exes have been dating apps. So like shit stories. Really? Yeah. Mm, I've got a few dating app exes. Yeah. But do you have any that are not? Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot. I feel like the main way I meet people is like through at parties or through friends of friends uh, or in a nightclub at 4am. <laughs> you know. <laughs> See, I meet a lot of mutuals via dating apps. Oh. So like everyone I've, I've gone out with in ever has been a dating app, but then found out they've had mutual friends, which is how it like escalates in my mind and then i'm like oh i trust you even though you're a stranger off the internet i love that and and well while we're on the topic of dating apps we're actually going to be playing a game all about dating apps in just a couple of minutes but before we do that let's have a little bit of what lovers do by maroon 5 Fibbar Radio presents Joey Page. It's now time to welcome to the show Ian from the Go Team. I've always been interested in sort of planning because that's really, you know, it's that sort of John Lennon quote, isn't it? Life just happens when you make a bunch of plans. See, I'm the opposite. Yeah. I'm so unruly and messy, but you seem yeah. so fastidious. If you see my studio, it's Right, you must have been proud when you came up with that. Like, that's like that's like philosophy style level of thinking, isn't it? I mean, you're the only person that's really picked up on that. I'm either there. a genius or an idiot, so I hope it's <laughs> first. Every Wednesday, Joey Page from 2 p.m. Fubar Radio, Callum McSwiggan on Fubar Radio. 
Something incredible has just happened. Um, Michelle and I are celebrating here in the studio. We're going to play our game. We're going to get back to that. But Michelle, what what has happened? I just hit 100,000 on Instagram. You just hit 100,000 on Instagram. Congratulations. I was 99.9 walking into here. And then literally, like, right before I went into the green room, room, I was like, oh, my God, I just hit 100,000. And it's clearly because you're here why that's happened. 100%. (laughs) It was all the food about audience. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that is incredible and like you've gone on such a journey with your like growth online because when you started yeah kind of doing the scarred not scared um like you were very very small now you've grown and and it's gone huge and how do you feel about kind of like the way people are becoming more accepting because there is this big movement around body positivity yeah um so how do you feel and how do you feel that like that has affected your growth and, and where you are today well i think in the beginning when i first started the campaign it was kind of like oh, we're really sorry you have those scars, but do you really have to show them? Because, like, any time I posted, not just my scars, but I used to post a lot of, like, other people's scars. Like, anyone who used the hashtag, I used to repost them a lot. Um, And every time it'd be like, ew, take that off, reported posts, like, they'd get removed, all that kind of stuff. And honestly, it was kind of like me just plodding along, like, for two years. And then last year, suddenly, and any time I talked about, I'm half Chinese, um, and any time I talked about that, like, no one cared. Like, no one gave a shit at all. Like, the interaction would probably be a quarter of what it normally was. Any time I talked about illness, it would be the same. And then suddenly last year... It was like, oh, wait, we can't just have body positivity. We have to have intersectional body positivity. And I was kind of brought out as like the token every time. And I knew what was happening. But I was like, I had a moment last year where I was like, I actually said this to my audience. I was like, I hate that I'm being used as the token. Mm. But at the same time, do I use it and go with it and use that platform to like broaden it? Or do I like just decline the invite? And it's been a bit of both like basically what I try to do is I'll go oh yes I'll be on that as long as you include this 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 person or like Very yes good. I'll be on it but you have to make sure that I'm not the I'm not the fattest one in the room I'm not the only mixed race person in the room and like I'm still mixed race I'm still half white yeah like it needs to be broader representation when it comes to everything it can't just be ticking boxes I think you raise a really, really important point. And, you know, like it being Pride Month right now, for instance, yeah. I think that's something that I, I see a lot and I see it amongst the LGBT plus community, p- particularly amongst intersectional people within the community. Um, and it is very much a case of suddenly you're given all of these opportunities yeah. because you tick those boxes, because and especially if you are intersectional, yeah. you're ticking all these boxes for these brands and these people that really... They want to include you, which is great, but sometimes it's it does seem like a box ticking exercise, and it's and it is that constant dilemma of do I go with this? Do I seize this opportunity, or do I go against this and say that this is wrong? So I think what you're doing is actually an amazing an amazing way to do it. To be like, yes, I want to be involved, but I'm refusing to be a token. I'm yeah. refusing to be ticking one box. If you want my involvement, then you have to include these people or people who look like these people yeah. as well, which which is but incredible. Also that they can't. One thing I've also started noticing is that people will say yes to having my voice or they'll say yes to having my words, but they don't actually want my picture. Yes. And that is something I've started being like, okay, but you can't just have a picture because my face doesn't tend to show my body's size. Yeah. So I'm like, no, 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 not a picture of my face, a picture of my whole body um, and things like that, which I guess you just get better at doing it. Yeah. But it's still the thing of I also know that I'm half white which probably helps me and the fact that like I don't have an accent because if I had a Chinese accent probably my opportunities would be half halved as well yeah. and it's things like that which 
and like if my scars were on my face instead of my stomach things yeah. like that yeah, like yeah. it's it's become a little bit of a game and I think it's this need to slap diverse on everything or like body positivity on everything and it's like do you actually know what it means yeah like at all are you willing to like I mean the first thing that comes to mind is the YouTube thing the anti-gay ads the like but go on YouTube I went on YouTube just now and the like logo is like Pride Month Pride and it's month, like oh yeah. really well do you want to do something about the fact I did a YouTube video that's literally called Bad Day Survival Guide and it was demonetized I was like Anything about mental health is demonetized. I've not had a monetized video in nearly a year and a half. Like, not a single one. And I talk about body positivity and self-love, and that's pretty much it. It's it, it's terrible. It, and, yeah, it's it's something that's happening across the board. I know that you, I've seen conf, confirmation proof now that if you include the word gay in a video title, whatever oh that it is, that it will be demonetized because gay is considered an offensive word on the platform, which is, which is absurd. And I think the same goes for, I think even if you're using words like depression, mental health, yeah. I think these words are also being flagged as words where we can't associate adverts with them which is it's it's not okay and a lot of people are challenging that and i appreciate that youtube is this enormous platform and it's got so many different moving parts and there are so many people who work at youtube who are trying to fight the good fight and try and do the the right thing but at the same time it's it's not enough we need to see more we need to see the thing i would actually prefer is if they didn't put that icon on then because you're basically doing lip service and you're slapping a label trying to be like the good people in the fight and i'm like but you're not you're part of the problem and so fine be part of the problem but don't don't act like you're not yeah don't act like you're not Absolutely. Gosh, I love it when we get controversial on this show. It's my favourite thing. And I knew we'd have a little bit of that with you, Michelle. <laughs> Whoops. Um, we're going to play a game now. Um, so in this game, dating apps, traditionally, we decide whether or not we're going to go on a date with somebody based on their appearance alone. Yeah. In this game, um, you're going to decide whether or not you want to date these people based on one fact about them. And okay. one fact alone, that's all I'm giving you. Okay. So Are these from like real profiles or something? These are not from real profiles. Okay. These, these have been made up by our love producers who have some very wild imaginations sometimes so the first one after dating for a couple of weeks you make plans for the person you're seeing to meet your best friend afterwards your friend pulls you to one side and explains that they don't like your new partner at all do you get rid of the partner or are you keeping the partner oh um i would keep the partner yeah i like two years ago i wouldn't have said that but i would keep the partner just because like I need to discover it myself like whatever she's flagged up I'll be more aware but I'm not going to make I mean I that's my general rule in life like if someone's like oh she's a bad person I'm like okay let me decide for myself like yeah I'm not gonna go off like gossip or bitchiness which is not the same thing when it's your best friend but I, I'm I'm completely with you, and to be completely honest, and this is probably a controversial opinion, I'd be more likely to drop the friend in that instant. Not because I'm choosing my romantic partner over my friend. I would never do that. Yeah. The reason would be, if my best friend is coming to me and being like, I don't like your new partner, yeah. I'd be like, well, I feel like you're not a very good friend because you're not being supportive. What you could do is come to me and say, hey, look, I just... I met your I met your new partner and I'm 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 thrilled that you're you're happily dating and I hope it really works out for you. Um I just wanted to raise this thing that happened yeah. or they said this thing and I didn't like it or you know whatever that is no matter how horrendous it's not your friend's place to say I don't like your partner. Yeah. And I, I, in the past, I've had people do that and it's really put me off them as friends. And as a best friend, what I tend to say is I would be a bit wary of this. It's your decision. 
yeah. you make that decision I'll be here to support you no matter what but here's my opinion yeah absolutely like, and that's how I do it but funny enough I've actually been in this situation Uh-oh. with three of my housemates I fell out with all three <sighs> of them because of this because they all but, said no to, about your partner yeah and it was only because I had met him on Tinder like and so that's a weird and because they were like genuinely they were saying things like if you bring him home he might rape one of us like things like that he w- they wouldn't allow me to be on the phone to him in the house so I had to go outside to take phone calls to that's him. absurd it was so extreme I mean it was like third year mid dissertation mid exams but it was so extreme that's ridiculous that I was and then one basically the day we became official he came over and I went to my lectures came back and he was sitting on the doorstep and like that's when I lost it and yeah. I was like why are you sitting on the doorstep they were like he, they physically kicked me out like they took my stuff and kicked me out and I was like okay this is too far now and so I was like this is it this is done all three friendships gone I'm just like you don't do that to a person like I no, don't care how much yeah. you hate them like it's none of your business and it business. sounds like he did nothing wrong yeah he literally apparently he was watching his TV and their reason was he was watching TV too loudly but that apparently d- phone calls were too loud as well so that's, that's nonsense and you absolutely did the 100% did the right thing yeah, in that although, situation yeah although like he wasn't good for me and in hindsight I know that but it also was my decision, like, yeah. and I paid rent just as much as they did, so... You yeah, can't. you're entitled to that, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think for me in this situation, I think I would listen to what the friend was saying, Yeah. Um, and I would make my own decision about whether or not I wanted to date them. So I don't really have enough information. Like, if a friend was like, um, when you went to the bathroom and they said something really racist, yeah. I'd probably bring that up and say, did you say this thing? And if they were like, yeah, and continue to back up their yeah. racism, I'd be like, okay, bye. To be honest, if someone said, if someone said racist, homophobic, fatphobic, any of those things on the first date, even just heard them say that, and yeah. like my best friend said that, that would be a immediate a, a goodbye that would yeah. be the one thing because i'm like it's not an opinion thing and i've had a lot of fights about like body positivity on first dates good good for you good <laughs> but, for like, you the yeah but as long as your healthy debate has come up and i've taken it head on and i've been like oh, okay so just out of interest like when you saw my profile and you saw that i was fat why did you swipe right and like yeah. i'm not easy when i'm like Obviously, this is my like expertise. This is my forte, and they have no clue what they've just got themselves into. Um, and then usually it's the conversation. Well, with this one guy, he was a bit like, "Well, it's like you clearly take care of yourself." I was like, "Okay, cool. Have you decided that?" And they were like, "Well, because you're wearing makeup." I was like, "Don't always wear makeup." Well, because like <laughs> you go to the gym five times a week, and I was like, "But you didn't know that from a picture." Yeah. He was like, "Yeah, but you're like dressed nicely," and I was like, "What's I'm not that got to do with anything?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like. Okay, I don't know what I'm saying. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. I win. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I win. There might not be a second date. (laughs) Okay, the next one. You and your significant other have been watching a Netflix series together. You find out that they watched the season finale without you. I would be really hurt. I would be really hurt as well. Don't do that. I would like. I would more likely cry than get angry. Oh. I'd be like, no, you can't do that. Like, I do th- you not care about me? I think I would be the same. I would. I would just. I think I would just talk to them and be like, look, I know it's not a big deal. It's just a TV show. But I was actually really enjoying watching yeah. it with you, and the fact that you've gone ahead and enjoyed it without me makes me question how yeah. much you actually care about this relationship and whether you were just enjoying the TV show or enjoying the time you were spending with me. Yeah. So it would raise some questions, but I don't think I would just get rid of them. No. I would certainly have a conversation. I'd have a conversation. I'd have a conversation that was very much like, do not do this again. Ever again. <laughs> Ever. Or you're gone. <laughs> yeah. In the trash. <laughs> exactly. I'm, gl- I'm glad we're in agreement on this. Okay, the next one. When you first meet your date, they gift you with a caricature they drew of you based on your Tinder profile. 
No. You're looking at me like crazy person. Yeah, no, I think I would go to the loo. Like, I've never done this, but I think I would do the, I'm going to the loo and disappear. (laughs) Is that not slightly creepy? It is a bit creepy, but I don't know. Like, if I like, oh, I really like this guy. And then I sit down at dinner with them and they're like, you know, I I was really excited for this date and I've done a little. Oh, no, it's sounding creepy. I'm saying it out loud and it's sounding creepy. Yeah. Okay, if it was third date, maybe. Oh, if no, first. First I'm first saying first date, date, yeah. Yeah, too creepy. It is a bit it's creepy. It's a bit intense. I think the reason I'm defending it is because I think I used to be this it. person. No, I've never, given somebody a, I've never given somebody a caricature, but I used to have this thing. I've stopped doing it now yeah. because my friends are all like, that's weird, stop doing that. Um, I used to, like, we're talking like five years ago, when I'd go on a first date, yeah. I would always bring some kind of gift for the other person. Oh, that's really nice. And it was because in my imagination, I was like, meeting this person yeah it's just a first date and it might we might just have one date and that's it but i was also like this is a first date and this could be the person that i end up marrying yeah and i want them to remember our first date as something special but also that's just really cute and romantic so if i was an artist i might have drawn a picture of them but i also believe (laughs) that like it's something you want to save right like yeah. as in if it's one of your special skills like let's say you're a musician if someone wrote you a song on the first day <laughs> it's a bit much a bit if you much. save it for the anniversary present and you're like oh I wrote a song for you it's like it's oh my special. god that is so sweet I but think, I think you're right but I must say when people have turned when guys have turned up with um, flowers or nice. chocolates it's like sweet although chocolates I find a bit weird now like I don't know why I think it's a bit dated but like I, flowers is okay, nice. How do you, okay, creepy or not creepy? Um, I I once dated a guy and he was really into like old toys and things like that. So on the first day, I brought him a little Lego man. That's really sweet. You know, because you can go into the Lego store and you can build your own Lego man. So I got a little Lego man, which was built to be like him. Okay, I see your point. And we had talked a lot yeah, online, no, so I knew a bit about him. I see your point because I heard that and was instantly like, that's really sweet. Yeah. So maybe. Maybe. With a caricature, I could get like. I've, I've, it, it's still intense, but it might be like cute intense. I think it depends on the person. Yeah. And you know, they always say that the difference between finding something creepy and finding something romantic is how much you like the person. Is that actually a phrase? Yeah. So like if somebody turns <laughs> up outside your house um, with a boombox playing your favourite song oh, stood outside yeah, your window, if that's the guy you're so into, you'd be like, oh my God, like but that's also romantic. that's kind of sexual harassment. Well, <laughs> slightly. A little bit, a little if you don't sexual like harassment. You know, I thought this on the tube. I was coming home one evening at midnight and the guy behind me, this made me feel so guilty because I'm meant to be like, this was like three years ago, but the guy behind me on the tube was like really old and was like, you're so beautiful and then followed me. But I was like, if this guy was someone I was interested in, would I have found it that creepy? Because he was just walking in the same direction as me. Yeah. It was two o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's scary and, like, though, isn't it? Yeah. And it was like, you couldn't see anyone. It, I was on this like massive road and you couldn't see anyone for miles. And I was like... Something happened right now, and he was holding a bottle. And oh, like, well that, being yeah, a girl, no. like, I was like, I know he's drinking from the bottle, but in the worst situation, that could be used as a weapon. weapon. And like, I'm in a really bad situation right now. But I, at the time, I felt really guilty because I was like, if I was attracted to him, would I have been as creeped out? No, I think, I think men in general should be aware that in that kind of situation, that they yeah. appear as a threat and they should be a little bit more thoughtful yeah. of that. I think that's something that people can often neglect. But also because it's like hyper 
alertness to be able to like detect what are weapons in your like nearby surroundings that yeah. like women get used to doing that walking yeah. home at night but like we shouldn't have to we do shouldn't that. have to yeah you shouldn't have to but the world is messed up but i was like i felt so guilty about the fact that i was like if he was attractive though i don't think you should feel guilty because i think i think even if he was attractive you might have still felt a little bit like oh um yeah because like, you know he could have still been crazy could have still That's used true. that bottle as a weapon no matter how hot he was yeah. <laughs> just saying <laughs> all right last one um you're on a date and your date says that they voted for brexit oh we saying yes or no I, I've never seen anyone who voted for Brexit who actually had a decent explanation. <laughs> Me neither. Controversial, but like true. I feel like it would. T- I feel like I would learn more about their personality and not like them. But I wouldn't. I don't think I would absolutely rule them out because of that. I would want to hear their reasoning. Okay, and their question. reasoning would make me decide. Go. Uh, if we lived in America and they voted for Trump. Oh, again, I would really need a good explanation. See, that is a straight no for me. You're just like, I would no, be like, no, the fact that you've allowed for like that many comments about that many marginalised groups, it's a straight it's no It's absolutely me. not. Cause it's, yeah. But see, the thing with the Brexit thing is just an explanation of that tends to bring up some racism. Like nearly yes. every, every person. This is why I'm like, there's no decent explanation that I've ever heard because it's always got an underlying like, and it'll be like glazed over with like immigration. They'll be like, oh, it's about immigration. I'm like, mm, that's uh, you're still You're just racist. being racist, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think we're saying no. Yeah. I think we're saying no. All right, let's do, we're going to have a lovely phone guest shortly. Um, but before that, let's do a little bit more music. Oh my God. And this is so exciting. I have not heard this yet. This is the new Troy Sivan song featuring Ariana Grande. So excited oh, I to hear heard this. this either. This is, it's literally just dropped. This is Dance to This. That was Troye Van's brand new song, Dance to This, featuring Ariana Grande. Now we are joined by Dr. Tony Ortega. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Really, really good. Thank you. I'm joined in the, in the studio with Michelle Elman. And I think you guys are, are, are a great team to have on the show because both of you kind of talk about, I mean, you do so much, Tony, but both of you talk about kind of um, body positivity, which I think is an amazing thing. Um, which is, I think, really emerging right now, particularly in the LGBT community. Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do? Because I know you do, I mean, I, I know that you're a licensed psychologist, but you do so many different things. Oh, uh, well, I am, I am a licensed psychologist here in the States. I'm working primarily with the LGBT population. I uh, published a book late last year called Hashtag Is He Here Yet? Being the Person You Want to Be With. Um, out on Amazon right now. And um, working on developing, um, it's called be the one life.com, which will be podcasts and other uh, types of blogs and stuff like that, focusing on those issues that we should be talking about, but we're not like body positivity. Yeah. And, you know, just like a very uncensored place to, you know, have these discussions that I think we're too scared to, but we really need to. Yeah, and you're the, uh, the, the movement Raw Sexy Spiritual. That was you, right? Yes, that is also me. We are rebanding. We're going to be under the Ross Brunch, and we're going to be continuing our monthly talks focusing on LGBT themes and spirituality and you know, psychology and stuff like that. Amazing. And, and, and why do you think, because I know, I feel like the LGBT plus community 
um, particularly has, I don't, I, I don't want to say a rough time, but there are so many more issues like present in the LGBT plus community. I know that like um, LGBT plus people are much more likely to attempt suicide. They're much more likely to struggle with their mental health. They're much more likely to have eating disorders, all of these things. And what I'm really interested in knowing like what your take on is why you think LGBT plus people in particular struggle with those things. Well, I, you know, if you think about it, really, we are a, a marginalized population, even in today's uh, day and age, you know. We're still, um, you know, fighting for equal rights, and, you know, we're still shunned in certain, I mean, particularly here in the States, we're, we're having these pockets of uh, where LGBT people, uh, LGBT plus folks are just not welcome, and we, we recently had um, that situation where the this case, um, this bakery refused to make a wedding cake for a gay couple. Yes, they took it all the way up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court voted in uh, in favor of the bakery. So, you know, we we seem to have a much harder time trying trying to be not be like everybody else, but just be treated like everybody else. I was actually watching that. I watched The View. It's like my guilty pleasure. And I was watching them discuss that. So I know a lot about American news. Um, And I just find it funny that it's still up for debate. Because like, it shouldn't even... The way they talk about it on The View shouldn't actually be discussed that way. Because it's still talking about it as if there's two sides to the argument. Where I just don't feel there is. Well, there really isn't. They're baking a cake. I mean, you know, (laughs) that's all it is. It's a cake. Yeah, it, it's like if I turned away heterosexual people from my practice, or heterosexual people from buying my books, or or or, or you know consuming my media. I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense. Well, there was I, I saw this kind of um, almost like miniature movement on Twitter about this, and it was um, you know LGBT plus people coming out and saying, right, okay, so is it okay for all of us to deny whatever services we like to people who show homophobic tendencies? Am I able to, if I'm working in Starbucks, am I able to turn around and say, I'm sorry, you've been homophobic online. I'm not giving you a coffee today. I think that's even more valid. Like, I think yes, it's more I, valid. I think you're like, yeah, 100%. Like, my reaction is, yeah, 100%. If someone was absolutely, being racist towards absolutely. me, I'd be like, no way. Yeah, absolutely not, not tolerating yeah. that. It just sets a certain precedent that we, should, we, we, we don't need to be having right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so, Tony, let's go a bit uh, back to kind of what you do. So you're, you're working with people like on an individual basis, right? Yes. And like what, what kind, and I know you obviously can't speak about individual cases, but what, sure, like, sure, what sure. kind of like, what kind of things, what kind of recurring themes are you seeing coming up? Well, a, a lot of it is just like, um, you know, so certainly I have a lot of clients that come in with the whole, you know, coming out issue and how to come out to their families, how to come out at work. But what I'm seeing a lot of recently in particular has been, all right, I'm out now. Now what? Yeah. You know, everyone knows I'm gay. Now what? And it's almost like, you know, almost finding a sense of purpose because I find that a lot of clients are coming in having lived their lives according to what other people or what they thought other people expected of them. Yeah. So now when they have this liberty of, like, self-acceptance, they're like, wait a minute, maybe this wasn't such a good idea. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have gone into, let's say, law or finance because mm-hmm. this, you know, it, it, it was like trying to get them to be more heteronormative. Sure. But it's not who they want to be today. So I'm getting a lot of cases in the last year or two of, like, well, what is my purpose hmm. beyond, oh, I'm gay? 
Yeah, and I think, and, and I mean, even maybe on a smaller level than, than, than some of your clients, for instance, but I know that I feel like I kind of experienced that to some degree as well. I had this almost, you know, all my teenage years were kind of dedicated to this hiding myself, hiding who I am, hiding yes. my sexuality. And then suddenly, when I finally took that big, brave step and came out, I suddenly went away from the expectations of what I had of people expecting me to be straight. And suddenly I had a new set of expectations on me of what it means to be a gay man. And for years and years, I would say five, six, maybe even more longer time, five, six years, maybe longer than that. I was almost then trying to conform to what everybody's expectations were of me as a gay man. And it's only in the past couple of years that I've started to really feel comfortable in being myself because, you know, there are some things about me that stereotypically conform to being a straight man, some things that stereotypically conform to being a gay man. It took me way, way longer than it should have to kind of realize that that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and, but, I, you know, sometimes I find it's not so much the expectations that other people place on us. Hmm. It's those, hit, you know, almost hidden, unconscious expectations that we think other people want to put on us. Yes. And again, it's that drive to fit in, to be like everybody else. You know, and, and to them, I say, the nay, you know, this, this isn't about being like everybody else. This is about being you and being as authentic and as raw as possible. Yeah. And, and and that's what your book, um, Is He Here Yet, is about, right? Because when I first saw that, c- correct me if I'm wrong, I thought Is He Here Yet was talking about, like, is my partner here yet? But it's actually more about yourself and self-acceptance, right? Well, one of the things in, in my own personal journey in relationships, it's always like, oh, I'm doing the work, I'm doing the right thing, I'm doing this, is he here yet, is he here yet? Right. And then after a failed relationship, and I use the word failed in quotations, by the way, because it really served exactly the purpose that it needed to serve, Back in 2016, I realized, you know, it was never about the relationship out, you know, with the other person. It was about the relationship with myself. I had to get myself right Mm. to then attract those more appropriate partners. Yeah. And it's still a work in progress, let me tell you, Callum. It's, it's, I I haven't perfected it yet in my personal life. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, it, it makes me nuts that people are like, oh, call in the one, do this and get the one. No, I'm saying do this, be the one, let's see what shows up. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm interested to hear your take on that, Michelle. Like, have you ever felt like, almost like, I feel like we all put a lot of emphasis on relationships. And yeah. I think in society as a whole, there's, there's this constant f- pressure, find a partner, find a partner, find a partner, whether that's from yep. friends, family members, movies, you know, it's everywhere, find yeah. a partner. Have you ever felt like you need to better yourself or change yourself in order to find that perfect person? I mean, I was consciously single for a year two years yeah um because i was just dating asshole after asshole and they were getting worse and worse and worse and i was like huh i'm attracting what i'm putting out so i should probably work on like myself first um and what i tend to use with my clients is like would you date yourself because you can't expect something from someone else unless you have it within you as well yeah and i do believe that you attract what you deserve so like that It's such a process and I don't feel like there was an end to a process. So when I started dating, it wasn't like my process ended. But now I'm just going through this process in a different way by dating and like trial and error and trying to like do self-improvement alongside dating is a lot tougher, I must say. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Michelle, you are, you are singing my song. Were we separated <laughs> at birth, darling? I know. <laughs> when you were talking, I was like, is he reading my mind right now? <laughs> I, and that is your, and I, by the way, I wrote down consciously single. I love that term. I'm going to use that if, with your permission. Perfect. <laughs> use it all you want. <laughs> 
I, I, I'm, I'm also, I'm also going to steal that term. I, th- <laughs> I think it's excellent. I feel like, yeah, I feel like as well, like I'm constantly, I feel like even now, certainly a few years ago, I, I was putting out the wrong message. I had this, I definitely went through a phase of, I need a boyfriend. I have to find a boyfriend. Yep. I have to <laughs> find one immediately. And again, it took me a long time to kind of get myself out of that cycle. And now like, yeah, I would like a boyfriend, but I'm not putting all this emphasis on it. And I'm certainly not trying to, changed myself there were times in my life where i was convinced that i needed to lose a load of weight and kind of become a skinny little twink to appease the guy there was another time when it was the opposite yeah. i was i was into a guy who liked bigger guys and i thought oh i need to put on a load of weight and i yeah. was like constantly not just changing who i was as a person but also yep. changing my body to try and please somebody else and i feel like a lot of people out there have the pressures to do that and they actually take steps to change their body to to impress another person which is insane and very unhealthy and also it's this thing where you're meant to attract because there's this belief um with women it's more the fact that like the skinnier you are the more men will like you and i've Mm. been told that so many times in like a really heteronormative way that only men will like you um but it's this thing of like well okay but how why do i want as many men as possible like why don't i just like find the right men rather than as many men and it's like this thing of the right person will like me how i am not necessarily the most and that's the thing that i always come back to is like i'm not saying every person has to find fat women attractive i'm saying that every person has to respect people who are fat and that i'll find someone who is attracted to me at my size right at my size right now mm-hmm. absolutely you know, and i think if we project that out there more it's like you know i'm okay with being fat or a twink i'm 50 years old so i'm considered a daddy in the gay community <laughs> i've i've embraced that title initially i was deeply offended clutching my pearls i was like no i am not a daddy <laughs> you know what i've embraced it and i that's what i put out there i'm like yeah i'm 50 years old and i'm single and what you know, I'm like, you know, or I'm a certain body size. I don't have the chiseled abs or anything like that. But you know what? I work at, you know, I work at it because it's what I want, yeah. not because I want to get laid more. So it's like, you know, or shagged, as, as uh, you Londoners say. Beautiful, uh, beautiful. <laughs> Um, so it, it's, it's, if we project that out there, we're going to find a different caliber of individual coming into our circle. Absolutely. And what, and, and what advice would you give to somebody who is kind of trying to get themselves into that mindset? Because I know I struggled to get there for a long time. But like, what would your number one piece of advice be? You know, here's the thing. I think it's, it's about letting go of what, other pe- what, what, you, what you're scared other people are going to think about you and worry more about what you think of you. Hmm. You know, if you put that mindset out there, your friendships, your family relationships, your romantic relationships, even your shagging relationships are going to change. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of, you know, I don't have to be, if I want to be this, you know, twinky guy doing crystal meth at the club, fine, that'd be you. Hey, peace and blessings, <laughs> as my friend John says, right? <laughs> but, but, you know, be you because it's who you want to be. If, if you want to, you know, watch RuPaul's Drag Race or read a ton of comic books or, you know, all that, you know, whatever the case may be, embrace who you are, every single aspect, good and bad, mm. you know, and then put yourself out there and see what happens. Because I feel like... Let go, let go of what the things that you think you ought to be. Because I, I feel like as well, like the only way that you're actually going to find real authentic happiness is by putting yourself out there in a way that is truthfully authentic to yourself. Because if you attract a partner for 
this kind of facade if you're pretending to be something that you're not and you attract a partner i just that relationship is never going to blossom it's never going to be successful it's it's you know it might work for a little while but eventually it's going to fall apart and it's going to make you even more miserable i guess than than you started out and i know that may be a difficult thing i know you know for myself sometimes and every now and then I, I feel like i'm putting on a bit of a facade but just being ourselves we it may take longer perhaps to find yeah. the perfect partner but at least when we do that we know they're actually the right person for us and, and and be patient with yourself because you know this process is constantly evolving yeah i i mean you know I, how i was okay with myself yesterday may look a little bit different today and allow just that process to unfold be just you know in in the present moment where exactly where you are and it's perfectly okay absolutely i feel like between the two of you i feel like i'm i'm set i'm like this is like advice central going on i'm i'm, I'm, I'm lapping up every word you guys are saying um tony it's 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 been amazing to have you on the show um if people want to follow you if people want to read your books tell us where that they can find you well the easiest uh, way is my uh, website www.drtonyortega.com um and you'll get links to uh everything that i am doing right there or just find me on most social media, Dr. Tony Ortega. Um, doctor spelled D-R. Don't spell out the word doctor. Um, and uh, you'll find me. And please uh, hit me up. I'd love to hear from you guys. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, oh, thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Are you, are you a Calvin Harris Dua Lipa fan? I, you know, I'm not. Oh, no. Oh, no. You've ruined my segue, Dr. Tony. <laughs> sorry. Can you sorry. Can you, you can pretend? out now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Dr. Tony. Um, I'm going to play you out with the, the Calvin Harris and, and Dua Lipa, who you hate. <laughs> I do not hate him. I just don't that. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Thank you. All right, it's time for um, my favorite part of the show. Uh, this is Porn or Not Porn. Okay. Now, Michelle, I think you've listened to the show before, haven't yes, you? Yes, I have. So you're aware what's about to come. Uh, slightly. You look a little bit nervous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in this game, I have some um, little sound bites. Some of them are from porn. Okay. And some of them are not from porn. And apparently it's National Call Your Doctor Day. Who knew? Um, mm, I did not know that. No idea what that means. Um, but because of that, we've decided to theme this week is all about doctors. Okay. Um, so, oh, and we just spoke to a doctor as well. So, you know, it's all, it's all, it's very thematic. Yeah. Doctors, <laughs> illness, everything. Yeah. So it's all, it's all, yeah. it's all slotting together. It's all making sense. Um, I also have no idea, um, which ones of these clips are porn and which okay. are not porn. So I'm going to be playing with you okay. and we're going to try and figure these out together. Perfect. So are you ready for our first? Yeah. You ready for our first <laughs> I'm one? I'm a bit nervous, but yeah. Okay. Here we go. Hmm. Mm. No, that, I think that's like waking up. In it the sounds morning. like waking up. It's like that second bit definitely sounded like a stretch and a yawn, yeah, didn't it? Definitely. I would have said stretch, like waking up in the morning, like, oh. But, like, then, but then I'm like, how? I'm just like mimicking them. But then I'm like, how is that anything to do with a doctor? Like, oh. could it be like, you know, they do the like, oh, I never really understood this, but the like, you grab your balls and cough thing. Uh, that is I mean, I can't say I've had that experience. You don't have no. balls. And this has <laughs> never happened to me, but this is a thing that I see. I mean, you know what my first thought was? 
was when they stick something up and like it's really cold Ooh. and you're like but obviously that's man but like yeah no it could be like it could be like down the man's urethra or like yeah. maybe it could be like a prostate exam finger, yeah. finger to check the prostate but I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't make that much noise. Like, because when, because when I go and see the doctor, especially if it's about something really intimate, like yeah, my you penis don't make or anything, sex I just am kind of like quiet and I just kind of like let them do their thing. Yeah. And I think I'm actually I'm too conversational because I I just try and act like it's casual. I'm yeah. just like yeah, you know, like I work in sex education. This is this is fine for me. This yeah. is not, anyway nice weather we're having. Let me tell you about this thing that happened at work. Oh, like, yeah. and I kind of ramble. Or I have a conversation about wax or like waxes and like body hair for some reason that always is that where makes it sense because like, it's all that kind of like yeah. intimate well that like it's usually a woman and they'll always be like oh like and make some comment like yeah <laughs> and they'll be like yeah okay fine let's just talk about this whatever so, works so so should we have the let's have the clip again <sighs> i feel i feel like i just although there are many situations that could be a doctor thing i just feel like it's probably really bad porn I think it's... You think it's doctor? Doctor. Okay, we're, we're divided, and that's okay. okay. That's, okay. that's allowed. Well, one of us is going to be right, and now I'm going to get really competitive. <laughs> oh, okay, it's a competition. That's fine. Um, lovely producer Abby, or Hannah, tell us the answer, please. It's born! Ah, yes! One right. nil to me. Hot nurses convinces man to live. What? <laughs> what? Hot nurses convinces man Nurse to live. Nurse Muffin. Nurse Muffin assists a terminally ill patient and euthanizes him by having sex with him as he wants to go out the way he came in what that is the most messed up thing i've ever heard he How i don't that? understand so he wants to go so what? he's so, so he wants to die going into a vagina. vagina because that's how he came into the world by being how pushed do out people of one. come up with this stuff? i don't know this feels but also who is do people have people have a nurse for do people have a doctor fetish? Yeah, like, like doctor nurse fetish. Do people have fetish? a euthanizing fetish? I think a euthanizing fetish is... I, I never, ever, ever want to say that anybody's kink or fetish is weird or bizarre. No. But that I just one never heard of it. is interesting and it, I have concerns is all I'm saying. Yeah. Like, but also how dangerous that could actually yeah, be in practice. Like, I... Mm, uh, I, I I, I feel uncomfortable, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Like if, that's, if that's your fetish, I would love for you to... I'd love somebody to explain that and to that me. That porn would not turn me on. No. <laughs> and just, just be safe, please, children. Yeah. Like, don't... Please, if you have a use... I don't... I can't even talk about I'm this. Actually, <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Let's next. move on. Let's move on. Ne- next soundbite. But what do I find when I probe a little farther? Oh my, if that, uh, that how, if that's an actual doctor's appointment, I'm a bit worried. How can that cannot be real? I, I'm so confused. Let's have that again. But what do I find when I probe a little farther? I feel like it's got the porn voice, and it's, it's also got the porn. It's music. got the porn music. It's everything about it screams porn. But I know how tricky my producers are, and I feel like they're trying to trip us up. Like, yeah, they must be because that's like to me, it's a hundred percent obvious. It's so too it's not. obviously porn. Like it. it I, you know what that probably is? It's probably a really bad advert for some like sexual health, oh, like thing. Yeah, probably like because they're trying to sex it up. Yeah, well, mm. yeah, or just trying to like make people engaged in it. Because like if you if you were just like watching your ad like adverts between Love Island or something, <laughs> that would get your attention. It would You'd get my be attention. Like, What's on the TV? It would get my attention. I feel like you could be right. Or maybe this is from like a really bad like comedy mu- movie or something. And there's a doctor. 
Oh yeah. You know that maybe it's something like that. Like that, I think it could be. Yeah. Like wasn't it um, that movie Horrible Bosses? Did you ever I was see about that? To say, I, it reminds me of like a Vince Vaughn movie. Or yeah. Like a, is it, was Vince Vaughn? In I don't know which one he know. is. He's the one with the hair, isn't he? He was the one with Jennifer Aniston in a breakup one. That's the only one I know. Yeah, him. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I th- I I'm personally saying that this is not porn because I feel like it's too it, obvious. It's too obvious. Yeah, not porn. Not porn. Final answer. Yes, not porn. It's from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Jake describes Ah. an awkward encounter where the Brooklyn Precinct's medical examiner wanted to role play, but he had to pretend to be a dead body. Right, there's a lot of death and dead bodies this week. Have you Um, watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I've seen like a couple of it because I really fancy the guy. Uh, everyone says that he's really funny looking, but, but like in a really that it's hot way. Worth watching like, the series just for him. I, yeah, so I've not. Uh, like, That's literally the comment because I've been told to watch it, and then that comment has followed up. The guy's really every hot. time. Like, and I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. I feel like I properly need to get into it. I think yeah. it's just finished as well, so I can binge it's on it. Netflix. On on what now? Netflix. I heard Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I think. <laughs> I only got Netflix two weeks ago. Okay, it's t- 2018. No, but it's so. Can Explain you imagine yourself. my last two weeks? Like my last two weeks. <laughs> You've I'm not, not left the house. No, and I watched the first two series of Love Island, and I watched Dear White People, and like I love Dear I White through, People. I, it's so good. So good. I've gone through like a lot, a lot more than I should have in two weeks. Okay. Well, that, that's allowed. You've, you've <laughs> it's been, okay. I'm socialising now. You've been depri- you've been deprived of Netflix yeah. for a long time, so I think you're allowed a little bit of a binge. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. All right. The next one is. Or perhaps you prefer the kitchen. Or perhaps you prefer the kitchen. Let's have that again. Or perhaps you prefer the kitchen. Hmm. I want to hmm. say porn. I want to say porn as well. I feel like this one isn't so obviously porn that it couldn't be porn. Yeah, but then do we go with the same mentality as the last one? Where it's like, it's so obvious that... Yeah, see, no, I feel like this is like a double bluff. And this one actually is porn. I think this is porn. Should we hear it again? Listen for... I always find, like, I know there are, like, porn directors and porn producers out there creating high-quality porn. But, like, 99.9% of the porn out there is really bad quality. So that's what I'm listening for. Or perhaps you prefer the kitchen. I'm listening for context because I'm like that sentence what's the first half of that sentence it's probably like do you want to go to the bedroom or Or do you you prefer prefer the the kitchen kitchen? because what else would that what would that be what would that be if it was in the context of a doctor why would a doctor be saying that I'm trying to think of tools now and like it's not really working I mean (laughs) I think it's porn yeah we're both saying it's porn. porn final answer and it's not porn. A banned PlayStation commercial created to promote the Vita remote cons- remote console. No idea what that is. Involved a doctor playing the PlayStation. Ad banned due to it alluding to porn too what? strongly. Why is a doctor in a PlayStation commercial? I have no idea. And I'm not surprised it got banned. It doesn't make any sense. I'm very confused by the whole thing. Um, and I feel tricked. I feel like I've been tricked. A remote remote control. So I was not far off with the like. Yeah, no, you 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 did say it was an advert trying to promote something. So I feel like you get ten points for that alone. Great! Hooray! (laughs) All right, next one. So you're a virgin. Uh oh. I think. I feel like it's a really judgmental doctor. Yes, I do too. I feel like this is. I feel like this is from a movie. 
Yeah. And this is a scene where the doctor is being really judgmental and unfairly judgmental to... I'm I'm, I'm seeing... Mm, mm, could be a man or a woman. Well, non-binary person. What, that voice? No, the person that the doctor's talking to. If that is indeed a doctor. See, I think automatic assumption is woman because of the way he says virgin. Yeah. Because like, you don't really... Like, men don't really have the same stigma. Do they? Well, in a different mm. way because it's like lose it. No, well, yeah, I think I feel like it's backwards. I feel like sometimes um, women, especially at a young age, they're judged if they're not a virgin. Yeah. Whereas men are judged if they are a virgin. Well, we had a virgin list in our school. Like what? Yeah, like not a list up on a wall, but like everyone knew the list of who had lost their virginity and who hadn't. And That's... it was always like you wanted to not be on the virgin list. They also had a like no pull list, so if they hadn't kissed someone. Um, and you didn't want to be on that list either. That's so mean. I, know. I, I was feel... on both lists. <laughs> <laughs> so I hated it. I feel like that's just like encouraging people to like lose their virginity, to get with people that they don't necessarily want to, like yeah. before they're ready. Yeah. Um, so... And also just once you lose it, you're a bit like, what was the big fuss? Because well, like, that's the thing. So minutes. I don't believe in virginity. I no. think it's a social construct. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Like you and I, what? But I, even just sex, what constitutes as sex? Well, this is like, the thing. It actually, so everything much. constitutes as sex. Like from so, when you lose your virginity, is actually what the first time you kiss? Yeah, what, like, like this. Hymen, where's the line? This hymen bullshit is not, nonsense. Not the line. It's like, nonsense. Whereas when we grew up, for women at least, that was what was considered the line. Like if you've lost your hymen, it's like well, realistically, you could have lost it. Well, you could have <laughs> never been born with like. I think someone. I'll just shut up now because <laughs> I don't know my science. I think it. I think it varies as well for like the type of person you are. Like I know a lot of gay men say until you've had receptive anal sex, you're a virgin. But then I'm like, well, then ninety nine percent of straight you're... people are virgins. Then by that logic, yeah. But then also you can give it and you're not a virgin. Uh, yeah, it what? makes no sense. It makes no sense to me. Um, I counted losing my virginity as the first time I had sexual activity. Yeah. There was no penetration involved and I count that I as mean, me losing my virginity. Do you know what round the world means? Round the world? No. You don't, what does do you that not? mean? No. So it means you lose everything in one night. So I did round the world. So it was the everything. same everything i mean that's a long list no 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 not that <laughs> i mean the bases i mean right yeah okay but, so i second day of uni i kissed a guy for the first time fourth day i lost like so it's called around uh, the world around apparently because like the next morning i went to breakfast and i was like oh, something happened last night and then they were like you went around the world and i was like okay <laughs> is it bad that i like that I think that's quite fun. I actually fun. think it's quite a fun it's phrase. Quite fun. It's quite like, fun. as long as it's not used in a shamey way, yeah. it's actually a really like fun Like, high phrase. five, you went around the world. Yeah. But also, let's not make a huge deal about it, but just like, well done. Have, yeah. Good so, for you. But it's when you, like, lose all the bases in one go. Yeah. Well, I didn't lose the kissing base in one go, but... But the rest. Yeah. And it was within two days, well, so... G- good for you. Thanks. Good for you for going around the world. <laughs> Sharing is caring. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, did we have the answer to that one? I've forgotten. Oh, sorry. That was a massive detour. <laughs> Can't even remember what it was. Let's have it again. So, you're a virgin. Oh, I, I'm uh, saying not porn. Yeah. Yeah? Not porn. Not porn. Porn. God damn it. Oh, my God. We were just talking about... I mean... <laughs> Breaks Hyman yeah. with Dirty Doctor. Literally what we were just talking about. So, this is a girl who goes to visit the doctor to pick up some birth control before she loses her virginity to her boyfriend. She ends up fucking the doctor instead. I mean, that old chestnut. I mean, that is quite... <laughs> <laughs> that happens is quite... all the time. Yeah. 
<laughs> I feel like it's like also quite cliched porn. So cliche. But like we love a yeah, terrible porn. Yeah, the standard porn. is not high when it comes to porn. <laughs> All right, the final one. There's a strange man in my bedroom. Yes, there is. For God's sake. You know, this sounds like Hollyoaks. <laughs> like... Holly Well, like one of those where it's like, I don't know, that's the first thing that came to my mind where it's like the actresses where they're like, oh my God. Yeah, I, I kind of, yeah, I, I can hear that. There's a strange man in my bedroom. Yes, there is. Yeah. And Holly always has the like, I'm literally, I can't remember the last time I watched Holly but they always have that background noise. If this is from Holly I'm going to take out my wallet and give you a hundred pounds. <laughs> No, but like one of those, <laughs> Emmerdale, Coronation Street. It could be, but I could see it being from a soap. I could see yeah. it, but I feel like this is not porn. I feel like I'm seeing, like, let's have that again. There's a strange man in my bedroom. This is meant to be like a yes, coffee shop is. or something. I No, I'm hearing like, I'm hearing like, maybe she's like losing her mind and she's talking to a psychiatric doctor. And she's like, there's a strange man in my bedroom because she's losing her mind. But then would he be like, yes, there is. Oh, yeah, that's true. That, that doesn't help, does it? <laughs> no, <laughs> that not doesn't at, help all. at all. Can you imagine if you were like, help me, I'm going insane. <laughs> and like, they're yes. like, yeah. Everything you believe is correct. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> You're not the problem. <laughs> what is? Um, I don't know what the context of this is, but I just feel like it's not porn. I have set on Hollyoaks. Just set on, right. Is this Hollyoaks? <laughs> no. Not porn. It's Doctor from Doctor Who, Who which is close, but I'm not giving you a hundred okay. quid. The doctor accidentally finds himself in his friend's mother's bedroom and she tries to seduce him before he completely shuts her down and leaves. Wait, so how did that sentence feed into it? I have no idea. Let's hear that again. There's a strange man in my bedroom. Yes, there is. Is he the strange man? I think he's the strange man. Oh. And, and he's confirming, yes, I am a strange man and I am in your bedroom. <laughs> How, yes, um, he is the strange man we're being told. Right. Um, th- that Fine. That was confusing. Um, I love as well that the doctor in this situation was Doctor Who. That's cheating. That's that not a real cheating. doctor. I've never actually Pulled watched a Doctor Who. wall over my eyes. Um, we are going to be reacting to your sex confessions after some more music. So if you want to send those in, you can do that by emailing callum at foobarradio.com. It's completely anonymous, so we won't read out your name or anything like that. So please do send in your worst because I, I think we're ready for some fun. Yeah. I say worst, I, I mean, and I mean that in a celebratory way. Like yeah. we, we love a naughty confession. Exactly. So please <laughs> send those in and we are going to have a little bit of your type. Carly Rae Jepsen. I used to be in love with you. You used to be the first thing on my mind. Fubar Radio presents Access All Areas. The very lovely Arnie Crow. Ernie. 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 The love architect. So you need to erase the negative words and replace it with, I want a guy who treats me like a princess. I want a guy who will bring me ice cream in bed every night. (laughs) (laughs) The dream. Or a woman who would tickle my toes in the evening. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever whatever you require. I get it. Okay, fine. I'm so good at tickling. I've got tickly fingers. The person goes, oh my God, that's so Listen out, listen out. (laughs) Every Thursday. Access all areas. From 6 p.m. Fubar Radio. Callum McSwiggan on Fubar Radio. All right, Michelle, are you ready for some sex confessions? I'm very ready. Yay. Thank you so much to everyone who has sent in their confessions this week. Um, Would you like to read the first one? I accidentally walked in on my new partner's mum and dad 
my new partner's mum and dad having sex in the shower. Ooh. I'm t- your new partner's mum and dad. I mean, how, like... How do you do that? Like, how the door do you... was in law. Surely that's like... <laughs> yeah, but like, I don't like... How are you ending up with your new partner in the house, like, randomly just wandering into I the... Think, I think that's quite easy to do. Do you think? Yeah. I've never, how... like, walked in on anyone having sex in the shower. I was about to say, have you ever walked on in on your own parents? No, I haven't. And I feel like I'm in the minority with this. I feel yes. like... <laughs> Everyone has walked in on their parents having sex. I never did. I think I was always very aware that that could be happening. So I was always like very tentatively knocking or like very slowly opening the door. No. And when when it happened, with it was during the middle of the day when I walked in and... Just 2 p.m. in the afternoon. 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Specifically <laughs> 4 p.m. On a Sunday. <laughs> and I had a reaction of like when my mum came into my room later, she was like, aren't you just happy your parents are having sex? And oh, I was like, wow. Okay, so no apology. Great. How old were you? Like 20. Was, oh, right. Okay, yeah. so I, I was picturing like eight-year-old no. eight year Michelle. No. And your mum's coming in like, well, well at, least we're having, at least we're fucking. Yeah. And you're just like there traumatised. No, you're 20 years old. Yeah. That, that's more understandable. Like, it's 4 p.m. on a Sunday. Lock your door. Yeah. But then why didn't you knock is my question. Like, it, it, I don't know. Was it in the kitchen? Like, if it no. was in the kitchen, like, not your fault. No, I'd also have a bigger problem if it was, if it was in the kitchen. If, I'd be like, just, like, not here. Not here. But if it's in the bedroom and you didn't knock, I don't know, I think your fault. Really? Yeah. No, knock on I'm doors quite, before you go all in. All houses I've lived in are quite, like, open door policies. Even if the door is closed, it doesn't mean don't come in. That's that's ridiculous. If if somebody comes into my room and the door's closed, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna see well, some stuff. That's my mum's reaction, so Knock. Right. Just if you're ever in my house Yeah, knock. Just well, please I've, I've knock on the door. Because if you come in you you will see some hor- horrific things <laughs> that will scar you for life. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Shall we have the next one? Yeah. Okay. Today, I was giving my boyfriend a long blowjob and had to pause for a minute because my mouth became exceedingly dry. His solution, spit directly in my mouth. Yeah, correct. Great, great solution. Lubrication. You know what I keep doing in my head? I keep playing two, three, one lie. So I'm like, is (laughs) Is this this a lie? Is Is it a lie? And I did it with the first one. And I was like, wait, we're not playing that game. We're not playing that game anymore. These are all true. These are all true. Okay. Um, I I, don't know. I think that's quite romantic, isn't it? No. (laughs) I think that's ask for consent before you do that. Well, yeah, I do. You know, consent is important. um, And I agree. She didn't actually say my mouth has got dry. I mean, maybe she's just not said it. Well, she might have. She's not actually said, like, whether there was a dialogue between them. And he could have asked for consent. He could have went, oh, come here. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to spit in your mouth. And she's like, oh, okay. And then he spits in her mouth. I feel like the reason, (laughs) the fact that she sent it into here must not have, it must have been a bit of a surprise to her. Yeah, but I also feel like she's she's happy about this. Yeah, like she's not traumatized. No. She's she's sending this in for a bit of fun. I feel. No. Also, I don't know why I always do this, but I I always assume that it's heteronormative. Like yeah. this is an LGBT plus show. This could very easily be a gay person, trans person, non-binary person, and yeah. I always just assume it's a woman. And that's something I still need to work on. It's I'm so like, I, I'm like it's I'm a 28 year old gay man who works in like I mean it's worse everything that I'm straight, I do. So like I just think the whole world thinks right? like me. It's, it's it's crazy that I still assume heterosexuality every single time. So yeah, who, yeah. Um, but but going back to the thing, I I think I I love spitting in people's mouths and people spitting in my mouth. I think it's great. 
Not my thing. Not your thing. No. And that's why consent is important. Consent is important. <laughs> if, they, if they did that without telling me, I'd have a problem. Yeah. Because my, my limits are don't spit on my face. At all. Like, at all. Like, anything Which is to reasonable. do with the face, I'm like, reasonable. no. Like, so, yeah. So, I'm like, that's a hard limit. No. I, I, I know somebody. Um, I almost said who it was then. That would have been very naughty. I know somebody <laughs> um, who hates the any spit saliva. Oh, it really? literally makes him, like, want to vomit. Like but that must be quite hard. Because if you think about it, like... It does kind of, as in, like, if you're kissing someone, that's spit in itself. No, he's okay with that. But, like, the idea of spitting, if so, he said if somebody uh, spat on his face, he would be, like, literally, like, traumatized by it. But I wouldn't be traumatized. I would be really angry. Because yeah, to me, it's yeah. about respect. And that's why, like, for me, the hit face thing. Because I'm just like, you don't do anything to the face. Because I'm like, that's just respect. Like, like, if you spat in someone's face in real life. That's horrible. Like, but can you imagine how little respect you'd had for them in yeah. real life if you actually were so angry you literally just spat, spat in, their, in face. their face? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Consent. 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 <laughs> All right. Do you want to read the next one? My wig fell off my hair, my head during sex once, and the guy screamed, thinking that he'd ripped out my hair. <gasps> oh, because oh, no. they had no idea you were wearing a wig. Oh no, that's so bad on both sides. I hope you're okay. no as in like that would can you imagine if you were insecure about wearing a wig yeah 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 yeah. so I this is I have a lot of hair loss on the back of my head yeah and that used to be the part I was most scared of is like when we were having sex or whatever especially from behind that like if my hair falls in a certain way you can see like a massive ball patch on the back okay yeah so like my mind just jumped to like that shit are you insecure about that because that oh and I it must be tough like if you are if you are wearing a wig and you are insecure about it and the and the person's reaction is to scream but yeah. in this instance the guy was screaming shock. because they they didn't know you were wearing a yeah. wig and they literally thought they'd ripped out your hair I must say that the guy sounds a little stupid though like if you're going to rip like a wig like yeah. how how do you think you've ripped off somebody's entire scalp <laughs> with presumably quite a gentle pull <laughs> you know what I mean Yeah but also is it something you want someone about as in, because I, I used to warn people about my scars. So I, do you warn someone that you have? I mean, I don't warn people about my scars anymore. I, but don't, I don't think, like, nobody is should feel like that they have to. Yeah. Like, if you want to keep that to yourself, you're well within your rights to keep that to yourself. Yeah. But also, if you're maybe a little bit concerned that that might be an issue, then I, I, I think it's probably a, a really good thing. Or even if you're more comfortable without it. Because sometimes mm. wigs can be really uncomfortable. Yeah. And like your partner... like you want to get home and like take it off. And your partner might be perfectly comfortable, if not more happy with you doing that. So yeah. again, every every single time, communication, communication, communication. But yeah, I just hope you're okay. I, I hope you're both okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah. that's, uh, that doesn't sound like a fun situation for anyone. Okay, next one. I went on a date last week, went back to the guy's house, and we ended up talking for ages in his kitchen with his housemates and had a few bottles of wine. I ended up being more attracted to the guy's oh, mate. No. Uh-oh. So much so that I ended up sleeping with his housemate rather than him. We ran off together and locked the door. I still feel awful, but we are going out on a date next week. A very secret one, obviously. You're a monster. I'm oh sorry, but God. you are. I'm so glad you said it because I was like, don't be judgmental. Don't be judgmental. <laughs> no, I don't, you're not a monster. But like, 
<sighs> you I, just did a bad thing. You did a bad thing, and I think you're you not know a bad person. Just you did, did a bad, a bad thing. thing, and I think you know that it was a little bit naughty. I think you know. Look, it's fair enough that you you hit it off with somebody new, and and you liked them more than the person that you went there with. But like, I think out of but res- did he have to do it that night? Yeah, like out of respect to the person, you could have like quietly got their number and been like, "I'll get in touch," and you could have ended the date there as well. You didn't have to follow through. But oh, I feel sorry for the person. I feel t- like this touches a nerve. This actually happened to it me. It did not happen to yeah, you, did so, it? Well, no, not so- well. So basically, I lived in a house with five girls. Yeah. All f- four of five girls. One was in a relationship, but all four of five girls um, had a thing with one guy, Uh-oh. and I was the first one, <gasps> and then had to like. Yeah, oh, and no. there was one point when I was the only person home and the guy, girl he was seeing at that time was having sex. No. And I was like, oh, my God, just tune it out. So I put music on to be like, hey, someone's home. Shut the fuck up. Um, and they got louder. And no. la- later that evening, I found out from one of my other housemates that they did it on purpose. What? Why? So it's this thing of like, this used to happen all the time. I'd just be going to the toilet. I'd be walking down the stairs and then I'd bump into him and I'd be like, I just don't want to see you. Who are you having you. sex with now? Yeah. And he literally just went around the house. I mean, it was later. I mean, you want to hear a really weird story. It was later found out that he was running a competition to find a girlfriend. And he had 20 candidates. This is before I dated him. But during the time he was dating that girl who, like, they were having sex. and, And she was in the final round of this competition. But none of these girls knew that he was running this competition. What the fuck? And each, yeah, there were four stages to this competition. What the fuck? It's not The Bachelor. Each (laughs) stage. I mean, it's the fact that, like, I got told this story. So this story must have been going around the university. So were you in the competition? No. So I had, (laughs) I had, like, kissed him. I had only, like, kissed him. That was it. Okay. Um, And I had, because basically that, the girl who was having sex, it was way, like, it kind of turned into a girl issue. And I was just a bit like you're being a bitch like yeah. can't deal with this yeah um but she was part of the competition without knowing it oh and God. um so like the first stage was like a milkshake date it was like set up dates that he just repeated with like 10 girls 20 girls and then cut it down until the final two and the final two the last test was sex what? to see it was just like this i mean yeah um so why does this person think that he's entitled to like does he think he's god's gift that he's going to run a competition to see who is lucky enough to be with me i mean the weirdest thing that happened was one day after not talking to me for six months snapchatted me with literally a snapchat just saying i'm gay and i was like the whole uni knows you're running this competition what like you messed around like over 30 girls why are you doing this? And I was like, also, why are you telling me this? Because I was like, is this a joke? Like, because why would you tell some stranger that you've literally kissed six months ago? I'm so confused by this story. I was so confused. So I texted one of my friends being like, who was uh, actually friends with him? And I was like, is this true? Because like, why is he texting me this? And I don't know what to say. I'm trying to like console him because he's like sending crying pictures behind it. And I'm like, what? It was the weirdest thing. And was he gay? I still never... I've never figured it out, 
But because maybe he was doing that to overcompensate for the fact that he was gay. Like I'm going to sleep with all these women and maybe it'll turn me straight. Maybe he was gay, but then the weirdest thing is he like he does this thing where he just like I'm not friends with him at all, but he clearly still has his number. I delete all numbers when I'm like done. Two years <laughs> later, he texted me, discovering I trained. You know how I mentioned to you that I had like I've been trained in like mentalism stuff. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard of the game? Oh, I hate the game. Yeah, so don't I'm, tell me. Don't no, say I'm, good things about the game, no, please. No, no, no. I got trained in the same model that's used in the game so they use it to create insecurities and i use it for therapy yeah but it's called neurolinguistic programming and apparently it's in that book i've never read it but this guy found out that i trained in like neurolinguistic programming and he texted me one day being like so i heard you you're trained in the game again (gasps) not heard from him since he last told me he was gay i was like this guy is the weirdest guy in the world i have no clue what's going on and it like, sounds like he's an, a, a manipulative asshole. Well, then he admit he told me all of the games he'd ever used on people, and no. one of the ones he used to use was he and he said he didn't use it on me, but I'm 99 percent sure he did. Was that he would never tell the, the girl his name, okay, and then at the end of the night, being like, "Oh, can I kiss you?" and they'll be like, "Yeah," <laughs> well, they usually are like, "Yeah," and he's like. Okay, actually, only if you can remember my name. And because they're either drunk or he's probably, he's actually, most of the time he was like, I don't tell them. They never get it right. So then he's like, fine, never mind, we're not going to kiss. And he starts walking away. And so he said, in their memory, they're the one begging for the kiss because what happens next is she's always like, no, 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 come back, come back. And like, feels really guilty, feels really bad. And so that's, yeah. I think somebody's done that on me before. Yeah, me too. And like when, <laughs> when I got trained in NLP, I was literally, I started meeting so many pickup artists in NLP conferences and it's so slimy when you start, oh. I feel, I feel very uncomfortable and suddenly I'm, I'm going through every man I've ever kissed, had sex with, dated. I did the same thing. And I feel like I've, I feel like I've been tricked. Also because, like, none of my girlfriends knew about it. So I was, like, this massive secret. Like, everyone knew about the game. Any guy I'd spoken to knew about the game. But I was like, why does no one else know about it? And I'd see these pickup artists. They, their main spots are um, Trafalgar Square and uh, Piccadilly what? Circus. What? And I've actually seen them in action. So I went to an... Well, NL- they just hang out at Trafalgar no, Square? with one client. And they... Th- so it's two... It's usually two guys. This is fucked up. This is it's the most bu- messed up thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I know. It's so bad. And also, I went... So I went to this conference, met this guy, and I was like, you're 100% a pickup artist. He actually invited me to a seminar, was the only girl sitting in the room, and I sat in the front row and just stared at him the entire time. Oh. And I was like, you're going to say this in front of me. And then two days later, was having lunch in the outside bit of um, Piccadilly Circus. And I was like, oh, my God, with my best friend. And I was like, oh, my God, that's him. And he was with another guy and they were talking to a girl. <gasps> and then he started walking away. And I was like, oh, my God, that's him. Wait, he's actually got a client. And that's actually like they're picking. So it's, I, it's happening right in I front was of like, your eyes. I'm not doing this. And I stood up and walked over to them. And just as I was doing that, he spotted me, put his sunglasses down, pulled his client <sighs> and started walking off. And I was like, can you imagine how many girls don't know about this? So how do we how do we combat it? How do we combat people using these trashy pickup artist techniques? The main one I tell most women about is negging. Now, yes, yeah, is yeah. Is that like so It I, works so well on me. I hate that it works. It works so well on me. But now even when I know about it, it works so well on me and then I'm like, oh wait, that was that was negging. And I remember I just learned So for, so, so so for to, for anyone listening who doesn't know what negging is. Oh yeah. It's, 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 I may have it's, this wrong, but it's, it's where you 
insult people basically you say negative things about them to try and get them beg for your attention yeah so it'll kind of be like okay so with this example basically i just learned about all of this and then i went to australia with my friend this was the same trip where we wore bikini for the same t- first time kind of thing um, with that same friend. And she, was, she came up to me like really upset. At two o'clock in the morning, we were in a club and she goes, um, she goes, oh, this guy's being really rude. And I was like, why? And he was like, oh, well, he has his top uh, button, like top color, you know, the top button on the collar done up. So I was like, oh, you should undo that. You look a lot better with like just uh, being flirty and like banter. Yeah, yeah. And he went... Oh, I like your friend better, like pointing at me. No. And so I, so she came over to me upset and I was like, wait, w- what's going on? And I was like, had the game running in the back of my head. I'm like, this is a guy playing the game. So I walk over and he was like, see, this is the more interesting one to me. So this is negging. And I was like, oh, really? How am I more interesting when you haven't spoken a word to me? And he was like, no, you're just like, you've got a high value smile. High value is a word used by all all pickup artists like it's not a normal compliment you never say someone has a high value (laughs) smile so i was like oh high value like that's an interesting word to use yeah 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 that's so like messed up like i can't like i i was like warning signs and i'm like you're negging her you're also just yeah I just, I just can't with like the whole pickup artist thing. I just, I, I, I think it's a, it's. And a, I'm like, how does it still exist? It's 2018. Yeah, um, I, I, I could talk about this all day with you, but like, we're actually at the end of the show, and like, oh, I feel no. like we we're just getting into such a, such a good conversation as well. Um, for anyone listening who wants to follow your journey, follow your campaigns, follow you on social media, where can they do that? The main place is Scarred Not Scared, um, and I have a website, michelleelman.com. Amazing. Well, Michelle, you've been an amazing guest and I wish we could sit here and talk for another two hours. You have so many amazing things to say. <laughs> um, I'm definitely going to be following you everywhere. Everyone else should follow you everywhere. And Thanks yeah, it's so been much. an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm um, going to play you out with a little bit of this is one of your last choices. This is Revenge by Pink. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes.